It's Monday, and you're with Bob McAvoy, right here on the Semper Reformata podcast. Well, good morning. It's 8 o'clock on Monday morning, the 11th of July, 2022. And this is Bob McAvoy, with a weekly look at what's happening and a little bit of perspective from a Christian standpoint. And we have to start with the resignation of Alexander Johnson, better known as Boris, the now former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Johnson apparently had ambitions as a child to be the King of the World. He's always apparently been an ambitious man, and unrestrained ambition always leads to corruption, as the ambitious man tramples over others to appease his own egotistical aspirations. In Johnson, that flaw is very evident. He's had a checkered career in politics, marked with immorality, infidelity, poor decision-making, warmongering, but I suppose mostly his legacy will be as a serial liar. Even his own MPs have admitted that. No one believed a single word that Boris Johnson said. In his final days, he was actually sending government ministers out on media rounds, apparently to defend his integrity. And even as they were speaking, number 10 was changing the narrative, inventing new excuses, making his own cabinet ministers acting in good faith in what they had received from the press office look like liars also. His own people, in his own party, and in Parliament, were eventually tired of all the mendacity and the dissembling, and he had to go. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 29 and verse 2, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, people groan. Well, the question now remains who will replace him. Is there anyone who is seriously in the running for the job among the main parties at Westminster who is not a pro-abortion warmonger and a globalist? Will our next Prime Minister be even worse than Johnson? For Christians, there's an important truth that needs to be grasped. That kings and rulers come and go. That empires rise and fall. That governments change. And through all that change, there is one thing that is always constant. And it is this that our God is still on the throne and that our allegiance is primarily to him. In Isaiah 6, the prophet finds himself in a period of political instability, a time of great uncertainty. But as he worshipped in the temple, he found great reassurance. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. I think we need to remember that. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus who reigns, and before whom every earthly leader will one day buy an answer for how he or she has discharged their responsibilities that God has placed upon them. And with the exit of Boris Johnson, our erstwhile Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, Brandon Lewis, has also gone, thankfully. It was Mr Lewis who was the uncaring, immoral man who shamefully introduced to this province the most liberal abortion regime in the United Kingdom, against the wishes of the vast majority of the people who live here. 
he refused to listen to the people. And in his time as Secretary of State, more human beings have been killed, their little lives destroyed, the most vulnerable people in our society, more of them killed than were killed by the terrorist group, the IRA, in 30 years of terrorism. Now, we won't miss Brandon Lewis, and we pray that his successor will not pursue Mr Lewis's stated aim of commissioning even more widespread abortion services in local health care trusts and in hospitals. Well, moving on from politics to education. Northern Ireland schools were, I suppose, a hundred years or more ago in the hands of the local churches. The Roman Catholic Church still has its own separate education system funded by the state, but administered by the representatives of the church. The schools that were previously owned and administered by Protestant churches were handed over to state control. They became the so-called control sector. But until recently, there remained in the state schools a vaguely Christian ethos, at least in religious education, and especially so in the primary schools, though even there this has been fading in recent years. I can well remember being invited to conduct assembly at many primary schools, being free to teach the children biblical Christianity. But like everything that's good and godly in our modern society, this has now been challenged in the courts by people who want Christianity and our Christian heritage expunged from absolutely every area of life. From politics, from government, from public debate, and now from school. The BBC has reported that the High Court has ruled that the exclusive teaching of Christianity and the predominance of Christianity and worship in primary schools is a breach of human rights. The case was brought on behalf of a seven-year-old pupil at a school in Belfast, who is, according to the BBC, from a non-religious family. Apparently the child's parents had expressed concerns that she may adopt, and I quote, a specific worldview. The BBC reports, quote, Mr Justice Colton said the unlawfulness identified requires a reconsideration of the core curriculum and how it sets out the teaching of religious education, RE, and the provision of collective worship, unquote. I suggest that any parent to go to those lengths were atheistic activists with an anti-God agenda. But anyway, the way is now open for the teaching of alternative worldviews. And what those worldviews may be, we do not know as yet. But we can be sure they won't all be wholesome. There always was the provision that a child could be withdrawn from RE at a parent's request. I disagree with the judge. The judge said whilst an unfettered right to exclusion is available, it is not a sufficient answer to the lack of pluralism identified by the court. You know, when only Christianity was taught, non-Christians would have found it simple enough to exercise the right to withdraw their children from class. I very much doubt if that would have led to bullying, as the child's parents alleged, especially when a number of pupils would exercise that right. In the early 1980s, I lived near a popular and educationally excellent Roman Catholic primary school. 
where a large number of the pupils were non-Catholics, and these pupils were treated sympathetically by the teachers when it came to RE classes. Alternative activities were provided for them. There were no complaints from the parents that I'm aware of, and the school had a fantastic reputation. But when RE consists of teaching syncretistic worldviews, perhaps Christianity today, for example, and maybe Buddhism next week, it's going to be a lot harder for parents to find out what's being taught and when it's being taught and protect children from damaging and spiritually harmful curriculum content. But state schools in many jurisdictions are no longer safe places for the children of Christian parents. And I suppose it was just a matter of time before the now secular state of Northern Ireland fell into line with other godless nations. The way forward in education for Christians may have to be homeschooling or church-sponsored schools. And even then, I would expect that it's only a matter of time before these alternatives are also taken away in the relentless drive by the state to capture and corrupt our children's minds while they're still young. The Christian believer will be praying for our children. The Christian family will be teaching our children the doctrines of the faith and a Christian worldview and integrating them into the local church fellowship. Paul writes to the Ephesians, Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. I think we'll simply read that passage from Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray for our United Kingdom government at this time of uncertainty and change. We ask that you would bring godly leadership to our land and raise up politicians who are conscious of their responsibilities governing before God, men and women who will rule wisely. We pray that you would turn back the rising tide of evil and wickedness, especially the badness that was inflicted by our last Secretary of State here in Northern Ireland, the plunging of our society further into the abyss of profound immorality, for we know that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
And Father, we bring our children before you. Our children growing up in this wicked world, where they are taught in their entertainment and in society and even in school to deliberately turn their back on the God who created them and who sent his Son to save them. They are taught to break his laws. So watch over them, we pray, and keep them safe and bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, that's all for now. Look out for a wide-ranging and hard-hitting conversation with Wallace Thompson, the Secretary of the Evangelical Protestant Society, tomorrow, Tuesday, the 12th of July, at 1pm. Catechism lessons resume in September, and there'll be some bonus episodes, including some church history over the summer. If you're free, join us for worship each Lord's Day morning at Ballymacashan Church, 78 Sinfield Road, Kalinchy, County Down, at 11.30am, for Reformed worship and expository teaching. Now, don't be discouraged. Let's keep praying and keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.